Welcome back to another episode of Better Than I Found It, the podcast, all things college golf. You're listening to Mike McGraw, the men's golf coach at Baylor University. Today's guest is former Texas A&M All-American Chandler Phillips from Huntsville, Texas. Now Chandler, is a, he's a good old country boy. He kind of reminds you in, in some ways of sort of Boo Weekly. He's got a, a lot of country in him. He loves hunting and fishing. You'll hear that in the podcast today. But he's also a very competitive guy and a really talented player. Uh, a couple of months ago, he won on the Corn Ferry Tour, his first victory as a professional. And he's just a really, really good guy. And he talks about a couple of influences, uh, great professional players that have uh, affected his career in a big way. And we, we do talk about his big victory in the Bahamas in January. So I want you to enjoy this interview with Chandler today. He's a really, really good guy. Okay, better than I found it, listeners. Please welcome former Texas A&M All-American Chandler Phillips. Chandler, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. I'm better than I found it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you know, I've, I've known of you for a long time. When I was still at Oklahoma State, uh, I was told about you, um, and I knew that you would one day be a player that we'd recruit, but you were really young at the time. Um, and I knew you were a Huntsville, Texas, born and raised kid. I mean, that's that's pretty much Huntsville's Huntsville, man. It's it's its own it's its own deal. Um, but you know, tell me a little bit. One thing I've never really figured out or known or heard the story is how did you get started in the game? Because I know you got a background in hunting and fishing and all that. But how did you get started in golf? Um, my dad and my grandpa. Uh, we. <laughs> <clears throat> there's a uh i don't even know if it's still there but over there in uh trinity texas my my that's where my grandpa lived and uh that's where my dad grew up obviously and there's a uh there's a nine hole and when i say goat ranch it, <laughs> and it was but it was awesome there was there was a group of probably 20 to 30 guys that would play every Saturday and Sunday, start at daylight, and play till dark. Mm. And we would just keep going around and around and around. I mean, it was that's that's just how that's how it was. Yeah, but you're a kid. These were all adults, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, at first, at first, it was just kind of like my dad. Uh, he brought bought me some just a little old bitty set and then I would hit the ball, I would pick it up, go to his ball, hit it again, you know, just start doing that. And then maybe about a year after doing like doing that for a year, he started letting me like play f like the full round. And uh those guys were always cool, like with it. Like they didn't like have a problem with me doing it or anything like that. And but uh yeah, it was it was fun. But it was just a bunch of drunk guys. <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, these guys, they, you know, that was their, their time to let loose and they lived right there. It was just, mm -hmm. it was, it was fun. It was, it was, you know, it was crazy. It was crazy, but it was fun. We're going to talk about uh, a good friend of yours and a former player of mine, Braden Bailey, here in a little while because uh, yeah. he had a very special week with you. But Braden grew up on a little nine-hole uh, knockabout course with guys just like that. And yeah. I think that's part of the South, Southeast Texas kind of, I don't know, allure, if you will. It was interesting. And a lot of really great players have come from that part of the world, from Chris yeah. Stroud and Andrew Landry and a bunch of others and you. So – uh, that's pretty very cool story to, to know that I didn't know that. But yeah. uh, who was your favorite pro pro golfer as a kid growing up, and and why? I mean, like, how did you did you get somebody you looked up to on the professional ranks? Uh, I mean, guy like everybody. I mean, it was it was Tiger. <laughs> no, I mean, the when when I was first like really getting into golf, like want to, you know, start playing tournaments, you know, the, the seven to 10 years old, something like that was 
like oh five, like oh four, or maybe oh three, eight, oh three, oh four, oh five, oh six, somewhere around there. That was like the time when I was, you know, really trying to get into it. And my dad's watching golf, and during those years, I don't know exactly, but I know Tiger. I'm not one of the like super uh, Tiger Mm -hmm. like. know everything i don't i don't know exactly what he did that time but i mean he's i know he won a lot you know <laughs> so he won about 30 percent of his tournaments during that right. stretch, so. exactly exactly so i mean that uh tiger for sure and then um i uh when when your former player came on the on the uh on the stage he became a pretty good uh one of my favorite and now that i've gotten to know him really well he's i like he's even better like come at ricky yeah yeah Yeah. he's uh he's actually i contacted him uh through um through uh covid when when covid hit and everything and um because i was you know i was you know thinking to myself what what could I do? What, you know, what could be better? You know, what's kind of holding me back from, you know, going from one level to the next. And, uh, I, I felt like it just kind of really came down to putting. Like I would have some really good weeks of putting, but it was never, I would rather be like, instead of going really good one week to not making nothing the next week, I would rather kind of meet in the middle and just have a good week and a good week and a good week. You know, it was just kind of like that. And so I, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, you saw it, you recruited him when he was there. Uh, and now on tour, he's, I would say he's probably one of the best putters I've ever seen. Mm, he's good. And, yeah. And so I contacted him. Uh, just uh, really and truly just asking him, like, who who should I go see? Like, as a uh, like a coach, I was like, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, willing to go anywhere. I'm, I'm obviously willing to pay, you know, whoever to help me with my putting. I just I need to know who who, who you would suggest is the best one to go to like somebody that will listen to you, but also help you, you know, everything like that. And he, he told me, he was like, man, and I mean, this is me, me and it, this is how, how cool he is. I, I, I mean, and how awesome he is with like guys trying to come up and everything like that is that I, I've at this time, I have had interactions with him maybe seven eight times and he he actually gave me his number at the floridian member pro Mm -hmm. and at his number and everything like that he's just like hey if you ever come down here you need a place to stay you need somebody to play with just holler like okay anyways back to what i was saying is uh he was like man i don't uh nobody really comes to mind but uh if you're up for i'll I'll help you as much as I can, like through, you know, putting videos and everything like that. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> having, having probably what in my eyes is the best putter on tour, like offering to help me putting, like, I mean, yeah, man, I'm totally down with that. I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. So it, he's awesome. Like that. And that's, that's really, I mean, I've always been brought up on, you know, my parents have always brought me up on respect and everything like that. And just the, the respect that he had showed and the courtesy that he showed to me. I mean, that just makes it even more of why he's my, my favorite PJ well, player. I appreciate you saying that. I, I certainly obviously have a, a great relationship with Ricky, but, Part of what really impresses me is not when he's on top. He's, he does that beautifully when he's playing great and winning golf tournaments. 
But that two years or so where he wasn't winning and didn't have a lot of good finishes. And right. I, I wrote I wrote him a letter last summer, and basically said, Ricky, people are going to remember you for that, too. And probably that's going to define you even more the way you treated people when you weren't on top of the mountain. It's like right. he, he treated people the same. So I appreciate you, that story. And I, it does not surprise me one bit that he would reach out to you and offer, give you his phone number and all of that. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Like, um, like he, he had, and I mean, it's just everything, everything that, that involved him. Like the, the first time I'd really like, you know, talked to him and like got to know him a little bit was, um, the, the, uh, college event, the, at the flu. Yeah. We, you know, it's supposed to be a three day event. We're going into the second day. They tell us, Hey, we're going to play 36. We're going to finish the tournament today because the last, the supposed to be the last day of the tournament. It looks like it's going to be a blowout. Weather's coming in. Well, he would come out and watch every year. Well, me and Matt Wolf are, uh, are paired together and we're Matt's beating me by one. And we were ahead of the next person by like four or maybe five or something like that. Ricky watched us for the whole 36 holes and me and Matt, it was probably the funnest day of golf I've ever had because we absolutely went at it. Like, I mean, it was, I mean, we were having fun, but at the same time, we were, we are both trying to, you know, beat each other. And I mean, I think he shot, I think he ended up shooting like four under, I think we ended up shooting the same, the same, uh, the same score, but he ended up shooting like 15 under and I ended up shooting 14 under and I lose by one. And it came down to the last hole, you know, and I, I made bogey, you know, whatever Ricky, you know, Oh, Everybody on Oklahoma State goes, you know, because you win a uh, sponsor exemption in the Valspar. Yep. Everybody's like over there congratulating uh, Matt and everything, which as they should. Like um, that, that wasn't a problem at all. But talking about Ricky, he he didn't even go to Matt. He came to me. He came straight to me and he said, "Hey, let me tell you something. That was amazing." That that whole day of golf right there, how y'all went back and forth and everything like that, that that was unbelievable. Don't get your head like don't let this beat you up or anything like that. You know, you know, just kinda there for me and then he went and congratulated Matt with which, which that's how I am, you know. I I don't know. It's just like I said, everything about him is great. He's uh he's become one of my good friends i would say and it's uh I, I hope to get out on tour and be able to play with him next year oh you'll be out there with him for sure well you know um you obviously were a really good junior player in south texas and you kind of started playing some bigger events and before you know it recruiting kind of showed up and yeah. you ended up going to texas a&m what what was the thing that sent you to texas a&m in your mind what made the difference I don't know. <laughs> to, to tell you the truth, um, it was probably the football game that I went to. It was, you know, um, I I got to go to the uh, the A and M Alabama hmm. uh, football game, and I was on the forty yard line. Like ten rows up, uh, and that was the year Johnny Manziel was still playing, and I got to watch that, and that was that was crazy. I was just holy cow! That this is how loud it gets there, and everything like that. But it's funny because after Johnny left, we we became not good anymore, <laughs> and during college, I think in my four years, you know, I I say the the football game 
drew me there and you know obviously part of the golf you know the facilities and everything like that but the the football game kind of helped draw me there four years in college i think i went to two football games because <laughs> yeah so yeah, i don't well, know I, I think that's part of recruiting i think jt higgins was a genius he brought you at the, at the biggest game of the year he got you there for the excitement yeah that was good. Well, uh, you had a lot of success in college. You were a three-time All-American in 2018. I think you were first-team All-American. You played on the Arnold Palmer Cup team three straight years. Not that many guys have done that. Right. Tell me about that experience. I've had several players play in it. I know it's it was an amazing experience for me to coach it. Tell me yeah. about that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fun tournament. You know, the uh, – so the first year that I played was when it was just guys still. And then the last two years was they brought the girls girls in. And, you know, we had played a little bit with the girls, you know, teamed up with girls and played another guy and a girl. And, <clears throat> but the the first year I played, it was it was unbelievable. And it was just guys. And we had a squad. I mm -hmm. mean, this this team was like <laughs> I saw I thought who was gonna be on the team. I'm like, I mean, this is this is unbelievable. Like that this is kinda unfair. You know, I take me take me out of the equation. You just put nine guys up there. This is this is not fair for anybody mm -hmm. else. Like <laughs> Uh, and we ended up, we ended up playing, um, alternate shot and best ball the first day. And then we played singles matches the next two days. After the first day of alternate shot and, uh, best ball, we, we were all tied, which that can kind of go either way. I mean, you, you could, yeah, I don't know. I don't. That's why I hate playing those those formats. But the single matches came around. Out of ten guys, we scored nine and a half points. <laughs> yeah, that's and, pretty good. And the guy, the guy that got the half point was like the number one player in the world at the time, Maverick McNeely. Mm -hmm. And he played now a top five guy in the world, Victor Hobbler. Oh, wow. And, yeah. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. So, but that team, it was like, it was me, Sam Burns, Maverick McNeely, uh, Colin Morkawa, Nick Hardy, Jimmy Stanger, Norman Zong, uh, Sean Crocker, just a PGA Tour team right there. Yeah, no, I, I literally, I went to my parents' house the other day, and there was a, um, there was a banner with pictures, and I have everybody's signature uh, next to their picture on this kind of banner thing. And I started looking at it, and I was just like, well, yeah, okay, PGA Tour, PGA Tour, PGA Tour, PGA Tour. Yeah, European tour, you know, is kind of kind of made me want to look in the mirror and like, what what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing just fine. Don't you give yourself a hard time? Now, speaking of PGA Tour players, you had a roommate in college who's won a couple, two or three times on the PGA Tour, Cameron Champ. Yeah. You know, the first thing people think about when they think of Cameron is that length. I mean, he hit the ball so far, but. What would you say was another quality that made him a really good player? Because a lot of people just think of the length alone. His um, when he was in school, when he was in school, I would say his putting. He was a very, very good putter. He was one of those guys that wasn't like he really wasn't uh like super aggressive, and uh, which I I kind of. I love, like, I mean, I, I'm an aggressive putter, but watching guys that aren't as 
aggressive, but they still get the ball to the hole. And the ball is just dying around the hole. I mean, it just has like I, I feel like it has a a better chance and a bigger window that they can go through uh and still get the hole. Like you may push it a little bit and you hit it a little bit softer, you know. Just kind of one of those things. But he like I I don't think I ever seen three putt in college. Hmm. That's his that's how good his speed was. But uh yeah, if he <laughs> if Cam would ever uh if he would ever practice his wedges, man, I, hell I think it's still today it's still to this day. He could be probably a top twenty, top ten player in the world. He just he just doesn't doesn't uh doesn't like the wedges. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I hope he listens to this podcast, then you're going to encourage him. Yeah, I I wouldn't hold my breath. Well, that is something not very many people would have thought. Great putter. And obviously, if you're playing the PGA Tour, you're at least a a good putter. You can't be a bad putter and stay on the tour. But I I remember him being a good putter in college. But the first thing you think about is that 340-yard drive. (laughs) And, you know, that's – everybody – doesn't realize until you see it kind of in person that is the most effortless mm. three 340 yard shot you've ever seen in your life Absolutely. Like, it doesn't even first of all it doesn't look like you're swinging at 125 to 130 miles an hour and then when it takes off it's not just like it's not like a bryson drive where it's to the moon you know, high draw or anything like that. No, this thing gets probably maybe 20 feet off the ground and it just looks like it's floating out there, but it looks like it's floating because it's just still going and it just hasn't started coming out of the air yet. But yeah, it's unbelievable. He's, uh, he's got a, he's got a rare talent. He does. If he can stay healthy, he's going to play good golf for a long, long time. Okay, I think it's fair to say when somebody mentions your name, especially those that know you really well, right. uh, hunting and fishing is a big part of who you are. It's like part of your DNA. So right. is is that accurate, and are you doing very much of either one right now? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is me. I, I tell you, you know, I was actually on a, a, another – uh, podcast the other day and uh they asked me and they they said are you a uh how'd they say it? it was something about like are you a uh professional hunter or you I, I don't know how they said it but like it was more like do you like hunting more than you like golf and i'm not gonna lie to people like, <laughs> like it's just the something about it, man. It's just you, you know, you yes, I've made a lot of memories with golf, and I I really enjoy golf. But when I'm on the golf course and I have a bad day, it's a bad day, mm-hmm. you know. I get you know, you you kind of get that because I'm trying to do it for a living you know, everything like that. And it just, it kind of, it kind of brings you down. Like it doesn't, it it not necessarily brings you down to where it's just like, you're just going to have a bad day, but it's just kind of like you start worrying about it or anything like that. Hunting, fishing, I could have a bad day and I'm still out in the sun, out out in the woods, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm still having a, a good time either way. Like it does not matter to me one bit. So I like that attitude, you know? So along with that, you're like a hunting fisherman type, easygoing down to earth country boy. If if you fact. will, that, that's fact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how in the world do you flip the switch to be a full on competitor against the best players, you know, in, in golf, you got to flip a switch someplace. I would think. I hate, I hate losing. Ooh, I like that. 
Yeah, I hate, I, I don't, I, I don't, I, it, it, it kind of goes, it kind of goes two ways. Um, I, I want to be the best I can be. Now, if that's a, if that's a, if that's number one in the world, that's number one in the world. If that's a, a top 30 player in the world, you know what? I'll be a top 30 player in the world, but I'm going to give it everything I got, you know, with getting to that point in a way. Uh, but for me, this is kind of where the, the, uh, the hunting and the fishing comes in is that I, I want to do that. I want to, I want to, you know, if it was up to me, I would stay at the golf course, you know, five to six hours a day, seven hours a day and practice all day, play all day, you know, whatever. But I can't do that every day because it'll, you know, everybody knows you'll get burnout. You'll, I feel like some people they practice and it's really good but at some point you could practice it too much you know in a way you know if if something's not wrong not saying don't practice it don't don't do your your putting if you're putting lights out don't okay hey i'm i'm putting lights out i don't need to practice putting today i'm not saying that at all but i'm not saying but what i'm saying is don't go out there and try and find something wrong with it you know i'm kind of one of those guys so if if i'm if i'm hitting it really well i'm putting really well you know there's always something that you can work on and be better at every day i'll work on whatever i need to work on like to that I doesn't feel is up to my standards and then I'll, you know, practice everything else and then I'll go play because playing I think is the best practice because you'll, you'll get different lies. You're not going to have a perfect lie every time, just like you are on the range or whatever. You just get different shots. You know, you may have to, and you know, it, it's just, you, you get, you get in different scenarios that when if you hit on the range all day, if you if you're not gonna hit every shot perfect. So when you get on the course and you don't hit that perfect drive and you kinda pull it a little bit and you get in the trees and you gotta hit like a a low draw to the to the green, well, did you practice that on the range? Probably not. You're just probably mm-hmm. probably trying to hit, you know, perfect shots on the range. So but like I was saying, what comes to, that's where like hunting and fishing comes in. I'll I'll go practice and play. Like this this break I've had, I've had six weeks off until next week. I've I've probably went fishing I don't know how many times. <laughs> probably <laughs> probably ten to twelve times, you know, and it's it's good. It's just a relaxing go out there not worried about golf like i'm just you know having a good time I'm either going with my my dad or uh my my other buddy and you know my dad lets me take his boat i don't know why he trusts me with it but <laughs> but uh yeah so it's good it's a good balance i have a good balance of of everything well i think it's doing it your own way and not that many guys do it like that on the pga tour Right. I wouldn't think. So maybe when, once you finally do get your PGA Tour card, that'll be a nice storyline for a lot of people. But another storyline that's kind of unusual or uh, kind of against the norm today is you don't work with an instructor right now. I know you have in the past, but it's like you're you're doing this without an instructor on the range tee every week at a tournament. How are you doing that, and why is it an advantage for you? Yeah, uh, it it's one of those things like i was i was telling you earlier before we started um 
I've always had one tendency and it's to get underneath and get stuck. Um, and the instructor I did work with for a long time, his name's Dean Choate. Uh, he was at my home course in Huntsville. We worked together for a, for a long time and he, he helped me extremely, extreme amount over the years that we did work together. And the good thing with, with my swing is, or for me is, it's one tendency. It's it's one thing. If I start hitting it bad, it, I I know what it is. I don't even have to see a video it, with it. I can just look at the ball, and if I'm missing it left and right, I'm stuck some way, some way. Uh, I don't know how. But my my thing is is in my swing is if I can keep my hands as low as I as a, as low as possible, and just doesn't don't stall out in a way and keep rotating through the ball because I'm not a I'm not a uh, I'm a very uh, keep the club you know I would say the club face square through the ball you know I don't release it I don't turn it over I try to hit a little fade every time because mm-hmm. start hitting a draw one day I might hit a draw and it might be really good and I can control it but it ain't gonna last. That I've never it lasted for me. I that's why I don't try to do it. But when I'm playing my best golf, I'm hitting, I'm hitting like a five yard fade with everything. So low hands, you know, just keep turning through the ball, um, and it, it, I make it sound easy, but it's not. You know, well, it's you know one thing you're you're describing to me. Whether a kid has an instructor or not, I'm talking to junior players, I'm talking to college players, young mini tour players, whether you have an instructor or not is not the thing. The thing to me is, do you own your golf swing when competition and pressure comes? Do you own it? Absolutely. Sounds like to me that Mr. Choate gave you the ability to fix yourself and you are now able to do it in competition. Right, right. And and another thing is, I'm one of those guys that's like – you you don't have to be perfect. Uh, I've never I've never thought that. I'm not I'm not a perfectionist on the swing. I'm not a perfectionist on the golf course. It really t- to the point where everything every day is different. Every day is going to be different. You're not going to hit it great. Every you're not going to hit it perfect every day. You're going. In a four-day tournament, you're probably going to have one day that things aren't really right, you know, perfect. You might get lucky and, and play a four-day tournament that you're just absolutely strapping it every day. But the the chances of that happening, at least for me, it's it's not very high. So my, my thing is, is like I wake up, you know, Go go to the golf course during a tournament, and when I get on the range, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not there to work on anything. I'm gonna hit some balls for 20, 25 minutes. If I'm hitting a draw that day, hey, we're playing a draw. If I'm hitting the fade, all right, we're gonna hit the fade today. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get on the range and like, Oh, I'm drawing it. Like, hold, wait, wait, like, let's, let's fix this. No, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, put too much, uh, too much thought into it. It's just kind of one of those things. It's just like, whatever you got that day, play it. You know, it's just, that's how I am. Like, uh, the, the tournament that I won, I, I, I forget what day it was. I think it was the, uh, the, the second day or the third day. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was hitting a draw that day and uh, hell I played it, you know, it's just, yeah. well, let's talk about that tournament. That was in January in Bahamas. Um, you won, you shot 69, 68, 69, 68, 274, on a golf course where big numbers are made every single year. I mean, it's got trouble on both sides. And yeah. 
your caddy that week was a former All-American of mine, Braden Bailey, who's a great kid, wonderful guy. I'm sure he was a calming influence on you that week. He told me in a text message, you didn't have a penalty shot the whole week. That's yeah. incredible down there. Yeah, no, it was it was fun. <laughs> I tell you, it was it was uh it was amazing. I um uh, it, it's a it's a golf course that um I wouldn't say is is a very long golf course, but I think it's not very long because of how much trouble it is. Because if it was long, it would be it would be a, oh, it'd be so hard. But uh, yeah, it was it was it you know, I was I had talked to Braden, you know, we we talked, you know, while we we're playing practice round and everything and I was like, Hey, you know, it's the first week of a long season, first tournament. Let's just, you know, let's just play smart. Uh, I'm going to play – or I told him, I was just like, I'm going to play it smart. I'm not going – if the – if at 200 – on a – you know, let, let's just say a par four that's full 40 or shorter, you know, more than likely they're going to have some bunkers out there that are, like, protecting, you know, at 300, you know, somewhere around there. Let's just lay back, take our – nine iron eight iron and just go from there you know let's let's not try and force anything in a way and i played like that all week and i i may have hit driver in 72 holes you know obviously you got part threes and everything um so maybe i would say what is that probably 60 holes that you you have the option of probably hitting driver on right i think i hit driver maybe 10 times and i just i took a three wood and just railed it around there and it was i was i was striping the three wood and it, it was funny the the last day i had no idea where i was at Braden knew where i was at and i Thank God he didn't tell me. He knows me. <laughs> Look, me and Braden have been playing together, playing the same tournaments, playing together since I probably 10 years old. So we he knows me. He knows my game. He knows how I am. And he knew where I was at. And the, the last hole is a par five. You can't reach it. Like, there, even if I hit the perfect drive, I mean, I just absolutely smoke it. I still couldn't get there. And I hadn't hit driver since like hole eight or hole nine. I've just been hit three with the whole time just because that's, that's how I'd played the, the course. And, uh, I get up on 18 and with a two shot lead again, I don't know where I'm at and there's water, right? You hit it. If left is just woods like woods where you're not finding it right, like right. kind of jungle kind of stuff and it's not a hazard and i grab driver and he doesn't say anything he, he's he's gonna let me keep you know keep doing what i'm doing and uh i uh i look down there and i, I I've, I've already taken the head cover off and everything and I, you know, I grabbed that head cover. I just put it right back on, put it in back. He was like, yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> he was like, I wasn't anything, but you hadn't hit driver one time. You've been, you've been smoking this thing around this place all week. Just, just, just hit your three wood down there. Let's lay up and just take it from there. I was like, let's do it. I'm glad you made that decision. I know Braden was too, but you know, after the third round, I saw an interview and I saved it. Uh, they were interviewing you and they asked you, you know, about your life and whatever. And they were going on. And finally, you said, you know, I've been talking to my buddies every night this week and they're duck hunting at home. And yeah. I'm just like, God, I'm playing so good, but I'm not going to lie. I'd rather be duck hunting. Now, yeah. Is that real or is that just what is that? Man, look, that that was actually after the tournament. 
Uh, oh, okay, I thought that was after the third round. Okay. Uh, no, that was after that was after the tournament, and it was that was more. I I, I was talking so duck season was still open. It was it was the last two weeks. I had been going every week with them during duck season. I actually, I mean, I I got a lot of a lot of crap for it, but uh, especially from my dad. My you know my dad, he's always wanting me to practice and everything like that. And but I like again, this is where the fishing and hunting comes in, and then the, the balance for me, you know, not playing too much everything like that but q school final stage of q school was the first week of november that tournament was i think the second week of january mm-hmm. as soon as q school ended i didn't touch a club till the week before mm. that yeah i i was i was hunting i was with my buddies hunting every week and it's just I, I do it every year. Uh, that is that is my break. You know, you know, there's not there's not any golf. I mean, there is, but that that is my time to take off. And uh, they're they're still hunting, and they they were calling me. And I was calling them like every night before the tournament started, and they're you know they're having a good time. They're they're killing ducks, you know. And I yeah. Before the tournament started and I, you know, I started playing well, I was, I was just like, God, I wish I was there. You know, I, <laughs> I wish I was hunting, you know, two weeks left, you know, it was, but yeah, no, it was obviously the, the duck hunting comes second to, to golf. Uh, but before the tournament started, it was just like tournament had started. My buddies are sending me pictures and videos of them having a good time, you know, doing what we've been doing for the last two months. So, yeah, it, it was just – it kind of blew up kind of in the wrong direction of where my head was at. But really and truly, it was it was just the uh, – it was just the before the tournament kind of started. <laughs> well, but, you know – you're very authentic to who you are. I think more people should be like that. You are who you are, and, and you've found success in golf doing it your way. Bruce right. Litsky, a guy you've never heard of, but Bruce Litsky was a great player in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. Um, he put up the golf clubs the last tournament, like November, and didn't right. take them out, literally didn't touch a club until he went to the West Coast Swing. Right. And it was just his way of doing it. And then you had Ben Hogan, who hit 300 balls a day for an entire career. So there's different ways of getting there. But but one of the things that really struck me after you won, I was thrilled for you. I was thrilled for Braden because he was right there. And and I've encouraged him to remember the things he was saying to you that week. Because right. whatever he was saying to you, he should be saying to himself every week when he's competing. Right. But a world famous number one world player, Scotty Scheffler, was being interviewed about his round in the tournament. And then they asked about you. Right. And he said some very flattering things about you. And I know you've seen that interview. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, me me and Scotty, we he he's kind kind of like Brad. I mean, it's just Texas. You know, yeah. man, te- there's a lot of good golfers that have come out of Texas. The uh the the competitive side of golf in Texas, I, I feel like as you know and I I think a lot of people no, is it's kind of like football in Texas, you know, for for guys coming up before they get in college, you know, the you know the Legends Tour, the TJGT, we all played them, you know, before we start playing AJGAs and everything like that, and, and me, me and Scotty, me and uh, me and Braden. Uh, Another guy that played for you, Garrett May, you know, uh, I can go on with the list. Like, there's a bunch of guys that have had really good golf careers that have come out of Texas, and we've all played with each other since who knows when. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, truly, I mean, I remember with with Scotty, I think the first time, the first tournament 
I think I had ever like played against him in was like Starburst in the like eleven year old or ten year old age division. I mean, right here in I'm, Waco, Texas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm 26 now, and Scotty's either 27 or 28 or something like that. And I mean, it's hard to think about, but that was 16 years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. and then you know going going throughout junior golf and then going to college and you're still playing against these guys. I mean, you, you be, you become pretty now I wouldn't say me and Scott are like super close because, you know, when college hit, surprisingly, we didn't play many tournaments against Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we were only an hour and 20 minutes away from each other, but uh, it was just kind of like the schedules. They, they played different schedules than we did, but I mean, we still played a handful of events. And, you know, Scotty, he's he's by far one of the best best guys on and off the golf course. You know, he's he is just down to earth, you know, never never been a guy that's, you know, big time, you know, anything like that, which I never think he will be. But uh, you know, people kind of getting that. I feel like some guys kind of let let it get to their head a little bit and become like I'm on PJ tour. Can't really, you know, I'm higher than you, you know, it's just kind of like that. But, uh, Scotty, Scotty's one of the best guys. He's on and off the golf course. He's great. Well, you've mentioned Ricky Fowler and Scotty Scheffler. Those are two of the great world-class humans that are playing professional golf. And I think it's great. I think the game of golf's in a good place. And a guy like you, I want you to play and win on the PGA Tour because I think you're going to be great for the game too. So. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, that's the goal, and I, I know I got a. I mean, hell, I got a long season season ahead of me, and not to rush it, but I'm ready to get there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, don't rush it. That's okay. All right, so before we finish, I'm going to ask you about your schedule for the rest of the season, just kind of in general where you're going. I know you may not have it all mapped out, but uh, one piece of advice for a 14, 13 or 14-year-old who's wanting to be a college golfer like you, an All-American, wanting to be a professional like you, wanting to win in professional golf just like you, what's one thing you could say to that kid that would that might help inspire him to do that? Man, it's, it's kind of like, really what just what we've been talking about is you know play play your own game you know play to your strengths uh if you're if you're a bomber don't don't sit on the range and and just pound drivers all day you know if you're if you're a bomber go work on your wedges Mm -hmm. if if you're not if you're not a bomber and you know just just play to your strengths uh i i'm not a i'm not a long ball hitter i i think i'm pretty average uh if you're going off of like i guess pga tour stats or anything like that but uh and i i work on my wedges a a ton short game i mean a short game can your short game is i would say 75% of how you're going to play. You know, I mean, you could, you could not hit the ball. You, you could hit the ball terrible all day, and you can still manage a good round with a good short game. And I, I would just – I would just say play to your strengths. Uh, tighten up the short game to where you get, you know – it's probably a high number, but I would say 75 or above and up and downs for the day. Um, 75% of your up and downs on a day. And, you know, I, I really feel like it can take you, take you to the, I guess, next level. It, it's kind of hard. You know, it's just, it's different for everybody. And that's, that's why I would say just, you know, Play to your strengths and uh, don't don't get too frustrated. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're you're gonna have bad days, 
and then you're going to have really good days. And, you know, you just got to take advantage of the bad day or of the really good days and manage the bad days in a way, you know, and that's kind of how I've always gone about it. And it's just, you, you figure out, like, like I was saying earlier, you figure out what, what, uh, you're going to have strengths in your game and you still practice those. Don't, don't, don't throw those under the rug or anything in a way. Uh, but the things that you feel like aren't, I would say maybe to your standards, I mean, mm-hmm. every standards uh, and everything. And if it's not up to your standards, then just, just keep, uh, just keep pushing forward to it. Excellent advice. Really good advice for young kids. Uh, or actually for college players too, <laughs> and, and tour players. But anyway, so you've got, you've played four events, you've taken a break and you're getting ready to go into the meat of your season from here. How many events will you play this year? I have no idea. I maybe, mean, maybe around 20, maybe 15, 20. I, <sighs> Definitely, definitely 20. Okay. Uh, I would, my thing is, is, you know, <laughs> I should probably take off, you know, you know, some events, but if I take off, I'm going to be, I'm going to be here at home practicing and playing golf. So why not go play and try to, you know, get paid for it? Yeah. Well, that and, so uh, maybe you know, maybe get lucky and uh, win another event. You know, I mean, it's it, you got to have some luck on your side. And I mean, if my my thing is is if I'm on a run, if I'm playing well, uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to take off. You know, even if like right now, uh, I'm I'm leaving next week to go to Savannah, and I'll either I, I don't know for sure yet if i'm gonna have a week off or two weeks off and then i'll go three weeks and then i'll have a week off and then uh i actually have a seven week period that i'm i'm playing on playing i don't know if i'll play all seven that week or those weeks uh but for right now i'm uh that's my plan i i don't i don't I, I don't I don't I don't see why I I should take off if I'm just gonna come home and you know be doing the same thing you know <laughs> so I'm with you I'm with you that sounds really good well um, Chandler thank you so much for spending an hour with me um, I really like the way you approach the game and the way you approach life and I, I again I wish you all the best going forward because I I know you're going to be successful keep up the great job you're doing and. And maybe once you've won, gotten your PGA Tour card, you can come back on here. We can talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I'll come on anytime you need me. All right. Sounds great. Well, have a great week of prep and then and go knock them dead in Savannah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs>